Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of Pro Shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is Jason Belmonte. Jason, as of right now, has seven career PBA titles, including one major. Just a quick note, folks, we are taping this on the Friday before the finals are all bowled out in Vegas at the World Series. So we're talking to Jason for a few minutes before he bowls on Saturday. So, Jason, I want to thank you for joining me today. It might no worries at all. Well, Jason, thought it'd be great to chat with you. And, and just a full disclosure here, we're doing this interview the Friday before the World Series of Bowling. Finals are all, all taped and, and uh, out in Vegas. So we're doing that right after the, uh, the qualifying took place and Jason's had a chance to catch his breath a little bit. So, Jason, talk about what you saw on the lanes this week. Uh, this week, uh, it was very different to the previous years. Um, there was a lot more oil on the lane. The pattern lengths were obviously... Uh, lengthened considerably and um that certainly made a lot of players um you know change their strategies for each of the uh the named patterns i mean um for example the uh, chameleon um the previous couple of years you know we all kind of got to the left gutter rather quickly and in this case um you know i, I think i only got to the left gutter um for the final uh, the final game so um, there was a lot more oil. It obviously made everybody play the lanes a little straighter. And, um, yeah, I guess it wasn't uh, your typical uh, heave it at South Point this year. Well, exactly. And you look at the scores, though, they, they weren't low overall, but it was just you guys were forced to play a little different part of the lane. Now, it, we understand, I, I talked with Coach Casey of Klumpkin about things, and he was saying how the actual first time you guys got to practice on the, the patterns after they tweaked them a little bit was at South Point last week. So are you okay with that, or would you like to see maybe a little bit more of a availability of the patterns and you guys be able to practice a little bit beforehand? No, no, I'm fine with uh, a couple of sessions beforehand. Honestly, I mean, you know, for, for the guys who are, who are fortunate on staff, though, of course, it makes very little difference to me. I think as long as you get one quick one or two looks at it, you know, we can drill some, uh, some stuff up. But, you know, certainly for the guys who, who aren't on staff or who don't have the, uh, the luxury of just drilling up some bowling balls um, at the World Series, you know, I, I certainly felt like you put them at a, as a, um, a much bigger disadvantage, you know. And I was one of those guys as well where, you know, you practice on the patterns beforehand, you kind of get your gear all set up for these, you know, animal patterns that you're familiar with. And then you get to the venue and all of a sudden what you've been practicing on, what you've set your equipment up for is now irrelevant. So um, me personally, and the honesty of that is it doesn't bother me because I can just drill up some new balls and I can do that quite easily. But, you know, for the majority of the field, um, 
you know, I think if there was going to be that kind of a change in the pattern, there should have been some kind of, you know, forward, uh, forward um, you know, email sent out or something like that to inform people. But, you know, from what I heard, the PBA weren't sure of it either until they laid them down the week before the, the, the tournament. So, you know, it could it could be better on both ways. They could have been a little bit more organised in the patterns and got the information out and, um, you know, would have made everybody a little bit more happier. So, Jason, I know on tour there's not a negative reaction towards Terrell Owens, but why do you think Terrell Owens received such a negative reaction among your, your quote-unquote average bowlers at the World Series of Bowling? You know, I don't really know. Um, you know, I... I've had the pleasure of talking with Terrell a few times now, and um, one of the questions I asked him after the uh, the World Series, after he'd finished, is I said to him, you know, how was your experience, and what did you think? And um, he was really, really impressed at the professional bowlers. He was really excited about bowling in this, and he took it very, very seriously. And my next question to him was, um, you know, how far are you planning on on taking this. I mean, is this just a little bit of fun for you? And his reply was, no, it's not. It's, you know, I really want to get better at bowling. I love the game. I love the sport. I want to, um, to be as good as I possibly can. And, you know, Terrell obviously has that, uh, athlete mentality where, you know, anything he does, he doesn't want to do it poorly. Um, and he's a very gifted athlete. So I have no question that He's going to get better and a lot better. Why the average fan doesn't appreciate that, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe it's for the fact that, you know, we are kind of, um, you know, to use a, a poor word here, but leeching off someone else's fame to try and, you know, promote bowling. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, this is not a guy who um, talks negatively about bowling or is just doing this for a laugh. This is someone who is genuinely in love with the sport, wants to get considerably better. Um, and when you're uh, one of the all-time greatest NFL um, footballers, you know I suppose it's okay to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of sugar-coated treatment into things like getting into the World Series and having a little bit of marketing because of who you are. And that's just that's just the reality of, of the world. So what tip do you have for T.O.? I know a lot of people were very forthcoming with helping him out, and you know, some bowlers stung, stuck around and helped him for, you know, for a little bit after. But what advice do you have for Terrell? Um, I just, you know, when passing, I said to Terrell, you've heard it from a million different people, and you, know, you don't have to hear it from me, but if you ever did wanted any help, you could just uh, you know, give me a call and, and I'd be able to help him. But I think you know, the biggest tip that anyone could probably give Terrell is just repetition. I think right now is, um, you know, his good shots. I mean, he's got a little rotation on his ball. He's got good ball speed and he's got good leverage. So when he throws it well and it hits the pocket, his carry percentage is pretty good. It's just, you know, that shot happens three times a game and, you know, the other seven are very different. So it's just going to come down to him, um, you know, finding a way to repeat those good shots. And like I said, um, you know, he's a, a rare athlete in the world. And, you know, most athletes are very good at learning other things very quickly. And I have no, no doubt Terrell will be one of those guys. Who impressed you the most this week in Vegas? Jeez, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I have to say, you know, that um, there were two guys, two guys that really, you know, stepped up. And um, one was Dominic Barrett. I mean, he's always been a great bowler. Um, but this week, 
he certainly showed us what he was capable of. And, you know, to, to lead the field by 10 pins a game uh, through qualifying, it, it's impressive. Over the four different patterns, um, you know, the, the really brutal schedule, it was really great to see Dominic, from whom I've known since in the amateur days, um, you know, just evolve his game to be that great. Um, the other guy that really impressed me was uh, EJ Tackett. And, um, you know, I've seen EJ bowl a little bit, and what impresses me about him the most is this kid gives everything he's got every frame. You know, he he's a smart guy on the lanes, and he can really throw um, uh, the clutch shots when he needs to. And I just love that there's no fear in, in his game. He just gets up, he throws the ball with everything he's got, and then waits to see what happens. And it's just something about that, that, you know, no fear attitude towards bowling that impresses me. So I certainly think those two guys are up there. Well, and I also want to get your thoughts on Marshall Kent, because we had myself and Coach K. Steve Klemkin talk to Marshall on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight last week. And we asked Marshall about the uh, U.S. Open that he bowled and, and what pros maybe came up and gave him a little uh, advice and words of wisdom. And he, he mentioned you specifically as someone who, not this past U.S. Open, but the one prior, came up and kind of kind of took him you know, a little bit off to the side and chatted with him and such. So what are your thoughts about Marshall and, and him leading a tournament? Yeah, well, you know, Marshall is one of those kind of unique talents where um, – I think he's just, it's the immaturity in his age that is limiting his potential right now. And that's going to just, you know, every single day that goes by, that's going to change. And, and I only say that because he reminded me um, of myself a, a few times where, you know, a couple of bad shots or a bad couple of bad games, it really was getting to him. And I could see it in his expressions and the way he was throwing the ball. And, you know, after you miss a couple of spares or a couple of bad games, every ring 10, it feels like the world is crashing down on you. And I remember coming up to him a couple of years ago and just, you know, trying to get him to kind of work in the moment rather than, you know, dwelling on the past shots and things like that. And and he certainly does that more often. I did happen to cross with him a couple of times. Well, not cross with him, but when I changed lanes and I was going to get my gear, he happened to be near and I watched a few shots of him and, you know, the U.S. Open this year, what I saw uh, at the World Series, compared to Marshall Kent a few years ago, it's chalk and cheese. And, you know, it's going to be really exciting to see where he is in an, another couple of years when he's a little bit more mature, a little older, a little smarter. Um, you know, it has a little bit more resources under his belt in terms of, um, you know, coaching and and people that he's, you know, obviously now he's with the pros, so he's going to get a lot of information from the guys out on tour, it's going to be exciting to see how good this guy is. And we all know he's great, but there's always that how good can he be? And, um, you know, he's certainly showing us by leading one event here that when it's his day, he's capable of doing some pretty big things. Jason, how would you describe your ball motion this week? Ah, that's a good question. I would say that it was sporadically um, lazy. <laughs> um, occasionally, I, I did find a pair that you know, it would it would just kind of feel like there was a little bit more oil down lane, and my natural ball speed is rather quick. So um, I left a lot of corner pins, a lot, and you know, it really came down to to my ball speed. If I if I slowed up a little bit, it was fine. But it's very difficult to read that when you know you you come off a pair and you shoot two fifty, you go to the next one, and you just for the first two or three frames. You know, everything looks fine, and then all of a sudden you 
start leaving the corners. It's hard to get a read off of that. Do you change? Do you change ball? Do you, do you drop your speed? What if I go through the face if, if I drop my speed? So there's all these like possible answers and that could happen. So I felt like I was trying to be patient and hoping I was hitting pairs that were suited to my ball speed rather than not. And unfortunately, you know, when you're trying to catch, you know, you know big numbers from everyone this week, um, you know, ring, ring 10 in and a couple of seven pins here or there for 220, it's just, it's not good enough, you know. And, um, you know, that's something that I've got to work on is being able to trust my ball motion. Instead of hoping the pair comes to me, sometimes I've got to, you know, play play to the pair itself. And it's not necessarily about just hitting the pocket. You know, it's about knocking all of them down. So it gets a little frustrating when you, um, you know, you start off with an early double and you think this this could be potentially a good game and then all of a sudden you look up and you need a double for, for 210 and you're like, oh my God, what happened to this game? <laughs> it's not so good to start with and, and now I've got nothing. So it was a little frustrating. But, you know, one of the things that I pride myself on is I never give up. You know, whether it's 210 for a double or 250, I'm going to I'm going to give it my absolute best every single frame. I know last night watching the final position round for you guys when you were bowling Tom Baker, you left one of those blowers uh, blower ten pins where the you know the head pin just came across in front, and the the guys on extra frame commented that you have left so many of those that week. Where usually you're one of the guys who's carrying those, and it was just one of those weeks for you where you weren't carrying those. And and then that again just feeds right into. I mean, you're coming in a little bit late, and and what do you do though, right? I mean, you just throw the shot again and hope it hope it ca- carries it out. Well, and the thing is, through my adjustments through the week, I had, I had attempted to kick that 10-pin out a few times, and what had happened was I knew that my ball motion was a little lazy down lane. It was going a little long. It was coming in behind the head pin, so I knew what I had to do. And occasionally, very occasionally, um, the, the ball would actually pick up the friction a little bit too early when I make the adjustment, and you know, I'd leave a, a great church or a big four or something like that, so... I was kind of in this really weird place. It was, I know there's going to be like a blower seven or a, you know, kind of like that messenger 10 where I mean, I know that's coming, but if I make an adjustment, I could potentially big fall. So which way do I want to go? Do I, do I play the riskier side and, and try and kick the 10 out, but big four two times a game, or do I ring 10 three times a game? So it was, it was a really tough decision and, and I was hoping I got through the first five frames of that last game and I was thinking to myself, you know, as I was bowling was, it was essentially five shots in each lane. So all I needed was five hits and I needed the ball to go in either really heavy or really light and mix them up. And the first five frames were great. And then the one that kind of got in between where, yeah, when it's your day, the messenger comes across and tomahawks the temp in. Uh, but it certainly hadn't been my week. So I knew that wasn't going to be the case. And once I saw that, little bit lazy movement down the lane. I'm like, uh, just, you know, get lucky. You know, just something hit it. And, of course, it didn't hit it. And, um, you know, then I watched Tom Baker step up and, you know, show me how to carry a 10-pin <laughs> properly. <laughs> Jason, I want to just finish up. I know you got a lot of things going yourself. Ron Hoppy, DeAndres Beatty with the International Art of Bowling. Talk about what's new at the uh, IAB. Well, we are really trying to work out how to um, how to help more people at a time. The boot camps that we do are fantastic. We really enjoy doing them. But you know, we get anywhere between you know thirty to fifty students each time we do that, and we can only do those on a few occasions throughout the year. So we've really worked out how to 
we've really thought about how we can reach more people, how we can help more people. So we decided to start a uh, an online coaching program called The Circle, and um, it's it's really really cool. It's it's basically 365 days a year uh, coaching for a monthly fee, and there's myself, Deandra and Ron, who are the the, the owners and partners of uh, IAB, and then we have this. Um, huge range of, of resource and help throughout the entire um, program. And there's guys like Dr. Dean Hinnant, uh Hank Boomershine has been in our program, Susie Minshew, uh, Chris Schlemmer, Victor Marion. Um, we've had we've got some really good help from bowling.com. They've um, helped us with a virtual pro shop. So basically, you have any questions about your equipment, drillings, you can go into there and you can ask in the forums. It's certainly interactive, Deandra, myself, and, and um, Ron, we are inside this circle uh, every day, and if not every day, every second day, answering all of the, the members' questions. It's it's really, really cool. And this way we figured that we could certainly reach a lot more people around the world to help, and, of course, we can make a little extra money doing it this way. All right, Jason, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to join us. No worries, Tim. Thanks for having me, mate.